like a weird position to be in for him because it like he could, especially if he wins the Grey Cup, he could just come to that decision and be like, yeah, like you know, I got to do something else. I, you know, it's fun kind of thing, but. I don't know necessarily if he if he will. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. As always, as we get ready to venture into another CFL-filled weekend, we're joined by John Rush, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber and a man that celebrated with the Grey Cup two years ago. John, can you believe it's been two years? You know what? It's actually unbelievable. <laughs> like I, uh, I when it popped up on my on my notification saying, you know. Uh, today and two years ago, this is what you're doing. I was just like, really? <laughs> I was like, it's been two years. It, it's just uh, it, for me, it feels you know, it still feels like it wasn't you know, it was a couple months ago. Especially because t- time right now feels like it's standing still. It does not seem like it was that long ago, but uh, you know, apparently it's been two years. It still blows my mind. It's funny because you actually look younger now than you did two years ago, and I think the beard has something to do with that. Yes, definitely. Uh, probably the stress levels, too. The, <laughs> you know, going to a Grey Cup is uh, very stressful. Yeah. Very, very stressful. Well, we're going uh, to talk a lot about what's coming up. Of course, the Grey Cup just a couple weeks away. We'll have a playoff breakdown coming up here in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and we were kind of texting back and forth, and uh, wasn't the greatest game, John, that's for sure, but what did you see uh, some maybe positives the Bombers can take away from their last game into uh, what should be a very entertaining West Final next week? I mean, I'm super biased, and I've talked about this before, but like Johnny Augustine, man, like, uh, you know, we literally grew up together and I, I mean, I think it's kind of funny sometimes how it works. Like we really grew up like 10 minutes apart, uh, ended up going to the same college, uh, and, and then, then ended up playing for the same pro team. And he's just, he's, you know, he's a baller. He just does his thing. So it was, it was awesome. It was awesome to see. It was awesome to see him do well. Uh, and then, he, and then he got, you know, was one of the CFL top performers. It's great to see, love to see it. Uh, and things like that, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing about that is it's great to see the depth. You know what I mean? You love to see depth and the ability that, you know, we have options, you know, we, we're not, you know, we're not just kind of stuck in, in one player. We're not dependent completely on one player, uh, for our chances because, you know, that, that's when it becomes scary. Like that's, you know, that's a problem if you're depending on one player for all your success. Uh, so if you have multiple players that can do multiple positions um, and do well and like exceed at them, and, you know, I've, I've talked about it before, uh, you know, when you have the best O-line in the CFL, it, it helps. <laughs> it certainly helps. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but, you know, Johnny really showed his stuff, and it was, you know, it was great to see. And uh, um, that being said, uh, the quarterback, you know, position is obviously of, of concern because, you know, certainly at the running back position, we have depth. Uh, the quarterback position, we certainly don't have that much depth. So, you know, that was that was interesting to see. Uh, you know, thankfully, like I said, we do have the best O-line in the CFL, which is great for keeping Zach healthy and standing up and not taking unnecessary hits. Uh, right, but you know it it's still you know it's concerning to say the least, but you know it'll be it'll be 
fun to watch the game, the the Western final game, to see what they're going to do with with uh, you know with all their guys because they have so many good guys. Like as as we saw with all the nominations, there's so many good guys. I, I'm wondering how they're going to kind of like unleash them. Yeah, and uh, you got to keep everybody engaged too. But they're all professionals, right? So staying mentally engaged, physically ready, even if they maybe don't get in. You still get the sense that they will be ready if they're called upon, right? Well, yeah, no, that's exactly it. You know, it's um, it. You have to you have to be ready, right? You don't sometimes, especially in pro sports. You know, it's not like <laughs> it's it's such a different world than the real world, where it's like you don't in pro sports you only get one shot. That's it. Like if you screw it up, that's it. You know, and, it, and it's cutthroat, and it's super. You know, it's it's. Am I saying that's the right way to do things? Absolutely not. But that's how pro sports work. So uh, you always have to be ready. You know what I mean? And and especially in the playoffs, uh, that playoffs is literally what makes or breaks careers. Because you know, regular season's one thing, but in the playoffs, that's when you know the pressure's on. That's when everyone's watching. That's when it, you know, really counts. You know, regular season counts, obviously, but, you know, playoffs is do or die. So if you're not, if you're not able to perform when it's do or die, and if you're not ready to perform when it's do or die, that's, you know, you're not going to get another chance. So, and, and, and these guys know that, you know, it's, it's not like these guys don't know that, right? So uh, if they're, you know, they're, they're all, you know, pros. They're, they're all going to be ready if their number is called upon for sure. All right, let me throw this out at you before we get into a couple more positives to take away from that uh, 13-12 loss from the Stampeders. A, a guy can win a job in the regular season, but guys get paid for what they do in the playoffs. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much how it works. Um, especially, you know, unless, unless you are, you know, unless you're, you know, breaking some record in the regular season, uh, you know, it it doesn't, you know, necessarily matter a crazy amount. Uh, but then all of a sudden, like, let's say, you know, let's say Johnny went and did what he did last week in the in the Western Finals. <laughs> yeah, you bet you bet your bottom dollar he's getting paid next year, and he's getting paid good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. he, he might, you know, he might get a contract bump somewhere next year because of you know what he showcased. Uh, but if he did that in the playoffs. Hundred percent, he's getting you know a lot more money next year, right? So, you know, it, it's kind of it, it's the same in other sports too, right? You know, you can have you can have a decent season and teams are kind of like yeah, whatever, and then you go into playoffs and you know, uh, you know, first first round of playoffs, you you get like I don't know, like a hat trick in a game or you score ten points over a series. You know, teams are going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, this guy, <laughs> we want this guy, right? That's 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 and then teams want guys that perform when it really matters because you know it, it's great if you score 100 points during the, the, the regular season but if come playoffs you you know you, you don't get anything it doesn't really matter right no one really cares because the end of, at the end of the day and, I, and i've tweeted about this and i've talked about it a lot uh before uh it, it, your records don't matter you know it's, it's all about the championships like you know yeah it's all like you know a rushing record oh cool like all, I, I saw all these all these bomber fans that were like super butthurt about the uh, um, the defense uh, losing their fourth quarter points record yeah. and, and things like that. And I, it like none of it matters. Like nope. who cares? 
you know what I mean? It's it, no, none of this matters except like if we if we lose the Grey Cup, sure I get being upset, but the the fourth quarter point <laughs> record, like we'll go get real, like get lost. Who yeah, cares the, the fact that? that you made it to the end of the season with that record intact, you should be happy about. You should not care that it's it's not a thing. You shouldn't even know that it's a thing to be honest with you. You should literally, yeah. Like, I can I can more than assure you that the only reason the players even know it's a thing is because the media is asking them about it. Yeah. No one in that locker room is talking about it. Like, no. Nope. At all. So those like, defensive they don't, they don't those defensive guys don't want to give up points at any time. Th- first exactly. quarter th- doesn't matter. It's like it's like oh yeah, we're doing our job. Good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'll, I'll cash my yeah. paycheck with a smile today. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? But like but at the end of the day, like they don't care unless they're winning that great cup, you know, like all those records are, you, you know, like all those records don't really mean much if you're not winning that great cup. Right. Yeah. So like, like who cares? You know what I mean? Who, and I, I saw some people be like, well, like they deserve it. It's just like, okay, sh- sure. But like <laughs> they deserve to win the great cup too. Like, no, like, I don't know. It was just, it was frustrating. Yeah. I understand. Uh, John, we're going to get you to put your GM hat on a little bit later on, but there's still a few positives that I want to take away. Uh, Zach Caleros, I mean, through 10, completed seven passes. Uh, wasn't uh, Didn't need an all-star performance, you know, didn't need an MOP performance, but stayed on his feet, got through, got his rhythm, got out of there. That is uh, pretty much what you could have asked for out of the quarterback position for your starter heading into the West Final, right? 100%. That's what, you know, that's, that's what you really want at that point you know you just want to want to get those reps stay uh you know stay kind of in it and stay you know i don't want you you want those like live round reps right you yep. want you want him like his meant meant you can't you don't want him to sit mentally uh stagnant for weeks right so uh you know get those get those reps that matter uh get be, be unscathed through uh you know just kind of dump some passes not do, do, don't do anything too crazy uh, certainly, don't throw a pick, and and you know, because that would, that might affect his mentality, mm-hmm. and and so, so you know, everything you could have wanted from that situation, they managed perfectly. You know, it was it was great. I you, I don't think we could have really asked for anything more at that point. Nope, and I think uh, a lot of fans are breathing easier watching Sergio Castillo hit a couple of field goals as well. It's one of those small parts of the game, John, that ends up being super important in a playoff matchup. Uh, just watching him step up and, and nail, you know, a 15, a 45, a 46, then a 50. That had to calm some people down, I think. Yeah, no, it's certainly, you know, it's certainly nice to see that uh, aspect, uh, especially now, right? Like you said, the, in, in the playoffs is when it matters. Like this is, uh, you know, during the regular season, especially when we were competing teams so single-handedly, you know, I talked about like yeah, it's like everyone just take a chill pill. Like it's, it doesn't really matter, but but like now it does. Like now, you know, we've we've literally watched teams. Uh, I'm thinking back on the you know Montreal. I'm pretty sure it was Montreal, Saskatchewan when Saskatchewan had too many men on the field uh, and lost the Grey Cup because of it. And and that was on them. That was they. Uh, I think it was Montreal that missed the field goal. Yep. Saskatchewan had too many men on the field. They got moved up, you know, five yards or, or whatever, and then they got to retry and, and they hit the field goal win the Grey Cup. Uh, you know, so like now, it's the difference between winning and losing a Grey Cup, hitting that field goal. You know what I mean? Yep. So it, 
you know, before it's like, oh yeah, it's okay. We we you know lose against Toronto, but we're still we're still thirteen and three or whatever, thirteen and one. You know, who cares? It, it you know that that doesn't matter. But now it's like, okay, no, we need to hit this because it's do or die time kind of thing, right? So uh, so you know, seeing them hit you know multiple from uh, from pretty lengthy. Uh, distances was 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 great, and I'm sure a lot of fans should be happy to say the least. <laughs> All right, we got a playoff preview coming up here in just a little bit. We're going to get your picks uh, heading into uh, into round one here, but uh, some more bomber news we got to cover first, John. And uh, let's start with uh, the 15 bombers that were named divisional All Stars. It is the second most uh, blue bombers ever to be named. Uh, back in '93, they had 17. This year, 15. Though unbelievable, Zach Caleros, Kenny Lawler, Nick Dembski, four fifths of the offensive line and tackles: Stanley Bryan and Jamarcus Hardrick, uh, Pat Newfeld, Drew DeHarlis on offense, on defense, uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, Willie Jefferson, Adam Bighill, Alden Darby, DeAndre Alford, Dietrich Nichols. Brandon Alexander and special teams demon is how he's described. Mike Miller, that is an unbelievable amount of players to be on one team representing an All Star team. What did you think when you heard, you know, fifteen bombers were named to the West All Star team? It, it honestly, it just it wasn't really surprising to me. <laughs> like uh, it, you're kind of just looking at, it, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like who else? You know who else are they really going to be able to name uh, to this team? Like, like I'm surprised there probably wasn't like one or two more names because like they were just so dominant. Like it just wasn't even you know it just wasn't even fair. So uh, you know like I, there was there wasn't really much as a, of a surprise for me in that regard because they like they're just. They're just too good. <laughs> They're just too good. It's still but a like, big yeah, number, though. When you see 15, that's a big number. Like, you forget how many good players there are all over the field at any given time in blue and gold. Well, exactly. No, exactly, right? So, and, you know, that doesn't leave very many options for other teams. You know, there's no only nine other spots for other teams to put some guys in there. Like, that's crazy. So, uh, but, like, that being said, I remember, you know, I remember in 2019 when uh, – when we were playing against the Tiger Cats, the Tiger Cats were in a very similar position. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they were, they were, I forget what their record was that year, but I'm pretty sure it was 15-3. and three. And they came in at, like, I remember the awards ceremony, and they, they, had, they, had, they were nominated, I don't know, like 14 or 15 guys. They got a bunch of awards. Steinhauer got coach of the year. Like, everyone was like, oh, my God, this you know, Tiger Cats team is the best to ever play football, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, they were, they, like, everyone was going off about how good these guys were. And we came in and we slapped them. Like, it wasn't even a contest. Yeah. Right? Like, from, like, the first drive, we, we absolutely pumped them, right? So, you know, like, yeah, these things are great. And, I, you know, I'm super happy for all the guys that got dominated. That, you know, it's, an absolute honor. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and they absolutely deserve this 100%. But it doesn't actually like mean much. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and not to downplay it, but like you know, it doesn't because you still have to go out and win the Grey Cup, right? And that's kind of the thing. You know, all of this other stuff is just a lot of fluff. You know, there. You know, it's like 
is all, you know, it's all great and good, but if they go lose in the Western Finals, like, none of it, oh, sick, I was a Western All-Star, who cares, right? Like, you know, that's not really doing anything. No, you don't so, get you don't get paid to be that, right? Like, it stands like, out a little bit, but you get paid to be, you know, Grey Cup MVP. Exa- well, exactly, yeah. and not only that, you know, in 20 years, you know, people aren't going to be talking about the, you know, 2021 CFL West All-Stars, you know. No. They're going to be talking about the 2021 uh, Grey Cup team. team. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, like it, you know, it's great. Like, like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm super happy for all those guys. Like very well deserved. Uh, but there's still lots of work to be done. Yeah. They are not resting on that, but still very cool and something that fans can be proud of. And again, you get to learn uh, some names that, uh, you know, the CFL should really be doubling down on and promoting and, uh, you know, getting them all across, like more in schools and more in, in uh, clinics, like football clinics across the province and, across the respective provinces, they should be having guys going and teaching clinics and having videos about that. And hopefully they do a little bit better job throughout the summer marketing the CFL as we get ready to, uh, well, we'll talk about that later on. But more into the awards. Uh, the Bl- the Bombers, who finished the regular season at 11-3, and have the most representation, John, with uh, finalists in four categories. And uh, I think we could have named them almost in like week six. We could have picked out who was going to be in each of those four categories. But still, pretty cool to have uh, four Blue Bombers represented in those major categories. Yeah, no, yeah, and, and like you said, yeah, I think we could have, I think we could have, <laughs> we kind of knew. <laughs> yeah, we knew. I think everyone, I think everyone kind of knew, and uh, to be honest, I would be kind of shocked if they all didn't win, to be honest, like, I like I would be shocked, like, I, I, I don't, I just don't see anybody else competing with any of them, you know what I mean, like, it is, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty obvious. You know, it, they, when you look at it and, you know, like my, my, sometimes my issue with awards too is like, there, it's kind of, it's meaningless in the sense that, you know, to, to most people, it's obvious that all four of these guys should win. Yeah. And then sometimes they don't. You're like, okay, like, this is stupid. Like they should have won. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like back, back in 2019, um, uh, when Stanley didn't win the, uh, O-line of the year award, everyone, everyone was like, yeah, no, he was the better O line. Like, but the other guy had a better story. Yeah. So, like, he won. And it's, it's just not always like, about stats, right? It's about ex- yeah, yeah narrative market, and yeah, yeah. And marketability and, and stuff like that. And you're kind of just like, uh, okay, sick. You know it does I, you ruin know it. I mean? It does ruin it because it should mean something, right, John? It should mean something more than it necessarily does. Yeah. Well, that's that's exactly it, right? So it should, but it's it's tough. Yeah. You know, it, it's tough. So. You know, so for me, like all four of these guys should win hands down. Will they? You, you, you never know, yeah. right? But uh, you know, it's great to see. You know, it's, it's awesome to see. And like you said, yeah, I think we we all kind of knew. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I think if anyone was surprised that these these four guys were named, I'd be like, you know, what were you watching? <laughs> like, what CFO were you watching? <laughs> because it was it was pretty obvious, <laughs> like. There wasn't many questions about that. Absolutely. 14 of the last 20 most outstanding players have been quarterbacks, and you got to figure uh, Zach Caleros should continue that trend. He was unbelievable, uh, over 3,100 yards. He had the best uh, qual- he had the best efficiency among qualified players at 111.0. League-best 20 touchdowns, 6 interceptions in 13 games. Unbelievable run, and he's looking to be the first Bomber MOP since Milt Stiegel. In 2002, I can't believe it's been that long for a bomber to win MOP, but you got to figure Zach Caleros is the front runner there, and and he rightfully should be. 
Yeah, no, exactly. You know, Zach, you know, I've talked to him, you know, tons of times before. He's a great guy, great quarterback, great leader. Uh, and he's really, you know, he's showing it. <laughs> he's showing it and he's showing off what he can do. And he's showing he's got it, and you know you you love to see it. And and quite frankly, there's just, just there's just not another player close in the CFL right now that is doing what he's doing. No. Like, Standback is is in the conversation, but he's a distant second. Yeah, exactly. Like de- definitely Standback, great player. You know, a hundred percent. You no doubt about it. But you, Caleros is just commanding games, just absolutely like, taking over games, and just like it's it's like it's lights out. Like you know. So it, it's 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 great to see uh, you know Zach getting that kind of recognition right now, and um, especially because he's had a kind of tumultuous couple of years uh, with injuries. So you know he is very well deserved, and uh, super happy to see that. And, and like I said, I just I just don't even there's just not even many guys close. Like you said, Standback's like a distant second, and even after that, I'm, I'm I'd struggle to pick. Absolutely, really, you know what I mean? Who yep. who would even come? close to being in the realm of you know not not to say there isn't other great players but there's not really anyone that's coming close to Caleros right absolutely not maybe maybe the closest other than those two would be actually nominated for most outstanding defensive player Adam Bighill he might be in that conversation as well and when I think of a professional football player John I, I think the first person that comes to mind no matter north of the border south of the border a professional football player to me is Adam Bighill. Yeah, no, the guy's the uh, guy's a stud. You know, guy's absolute stud. He and and he just he does the work, right? There's you know, there's some guys that don't like that are just kind of gifted with it. Uh, you know, I've talked about it before. Like you know, uh, like I said, there there is something to be said about talent. Uh, like I'll never be as fast as Usain Bolt. It's just you know, that's just a matter of life. That's just. You know, as much training as I want to do, I will never be as good as Usain Bolt or as fast as him. It's just, that just won't happen. Uh, but, you know, some guys can, so some guys can get away with just being talented. Not saying that you, that's Usain Bolt. I'm sure Usain Bolt you, works extremely hard too. But, um, you know, watching how big Big Hill trains and how he, he kind of attacks and tackles football and like how he studies the game and how like how professional he is um that that he just doesn't he doesn't like he's obviously very talented there's no there's no doubt about that but you know how hard he works to ensure that he remains the best and you know at the top is you know it's a sight to see it really is because he's just so professional he's so uh, kind of in tune with the game and know knows what's going on and, and he's like he's a he's a real leader on that field so uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy he's he's the epitome of professional that's for sure yeah and he he just quietly goes around the province too doing certain things I know he was in Steinbach helping promote a local business and you know he was he was here signing autographs he was out in Dauphin talking to uh, you know kids and and he just quietly goes around. And is just one of those super relatable guys who happens to be an absolute beast on the football field. Yeah, no, exactly right. That's kind of the, that's kind of the beauty of the CFL, right? Is you know you have all these you know you have all these guys that are super down to earth that kind of get it and uh, that love that love to play the sport and uh, you know love being out in the community too. So uh, you you love to see you know him you know Big Hill getting that kind of recognition as well. 
Yeah, he's going for his third Most Outstanding Defensive Player award. I'm pretty sure he's already a lock for the Hall of Fame if if he can add another great cup and then another uh, Most Outstanding Defensive Player. I'm sure he would be walking walking in backwards. 70 defensive tackles, two sacks, two interceptions, and a touchdown. Very, very good year. Up against Simone Lawrence, though, so that'll be, I think, a closer vote than maybe fans recognize because uh, Lawrence had a pretty good year out there in Hamilton. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's interesting to see. You don't you don't hear about uh, you know the East as much, right? You, yep. you it, it, it's kind of especially you know those Southern Ontario teams. They don't get the media coverage uh, as much. You know Hamilton definitely does a bit more than let's say Toronto. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, which is good. Uh, but you still don't hear you don't you still don't hear really too much about it. You know you don't you know uh, unless you're like kind of super into. You know, watching the the entire CFL and following and things like that. Uh, you know, you don't hear too much about you know uh, Hamilton or Toronto out here. So uh, there might be quite a few Blue Bomber fans that uh, you know love watching the Blue Bombers, but might might not have been watching kind of the rest of the CFL uh, that are unaware that Simone also had a very good year. <laughs> right? yeah. so, you just don't hear about it. Uh, but if you know, if if you're kind of especially if you're looking at the stats, Simone always has good stats. You know. Um, so it, you know, you know, you know how I feel about stats, but you know, if that is, that does play a part into it. So, yep. uh, you know, he, Simone has the stats to back it up and, uh, he, he, you know, you, you can't, you can't knock the guy. He had, you know, he had a, he had a good year. Um, so it, it will be, you know, the, he will pull both. Yes. Like, I'm not saying he's, I don't think he should win. No, it won't be unanimous necessarily. Like, Calero should probably win unanimously. Exactly. This one will be a little bit closer, and rightfully so. Yeah, no, exactly. Simone will pull some votes, but I still think, you know, by and large, Big Hill is the better player, especially this year. So, um, so, but I I, I can foresee some, some fans getting upset that, you know, because they'll see that Simone got some votes, and they'll be like, you know, they'll be upset about it. So, uh, But it's just funny sometimes. Yeah, fans are funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Another Palmer, uh, Stanley Bryant. I know he's a, he's a big favorite of yours. He's looking to claim his third Most Outstanding Offensive Lineman Award, which he which has never been done. No one's ever won three. And again, you got to like his odds. And maybe like Caleros, he pr- probably should be a unanimous pick, even though we, we are a little bit biased here as we talk exclusively blue, uh, blue Bombers most of the time. But, man... That guy, without him, this bomber team looks very different. Well, that's you know that's exactly it, right? It's without Stanley Bryant, and it's not just because I was a fullback, right? So I was I was a glorified uh, offensive lineman that was 150 pounds smaller than him. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I I sat in all their meetings every single morning. I would sit in their meetings with them. I had to. I had to know what all of them were doing. Uh, not so I could fill in because that would have literally never have happened, uh, but because I would be involved in the protection with them quite a bit, uh, and just and just listening to Stanley talk uh, things through and how he uh, how he you know coaches and leads the other guys, especially the younger guys, because I don't think a lot of people recognize the uh, how young the depth on the O-line is. Like, it's like, yeah, we have Stanley, we have Yoshi, we have Patty, but then, you know, Couture was pretty young, uh, and he didn't get any actual kind of starts until 2019. That was like the first year he started. Yeah. Uh, and then and then we have Desjardins now beside him, 
who is by all means essentially, you know, he was a rookie in, in 2019, and so it's only his second year. Yes. And then we have Tui, who's the backup. You know, it, it's a relatively young offensive line after Stanley, Yoshi, and Patty, right? So, like, 50% of the O-line is pretty young still. So, uh, for to, to watch Stanley, you know, impart his wisdom on them and, and coach it through and, uh, you know, come up with, you know, plans in that room with, with all the guys so we all kind of are on the same page. It, it it was really it was really crazy to see like it was it was awesome to see like how how smart he is and and you know how how he does things and uh, and, and it and it shows you uh, why he is so good uh, and I and I think the craziest thing about Stanley was is he was actually a basketball player he never played football until he got to college so um, I think that's the craziest thing about him is he he just works so hard. That he absolutely deserves this. Like he deserves everything. It's 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 really crazy to see. It really jumped out. That is an incredible thing. I didn't know that. That is that is really really a testament to how great of an athlete uh, Stanley Bryant is. But it also jumps out that he's in his eleventh season in the CFL. Last six with Winnipeg. John Rush. Quick trivia question: Where was Stanley Bryant before he came to Winnipeg? Was he not with the? Calgary St. Peters? You are correct. Well done. Put you on the spot. You come up with a big answer. Well done. Uh, I can't believe he's been in the CFL for 11 years, and uh, he's won two. He's probably going to win three now uh, of those those awards. He's 35. John, do you think if the Bombers win the Grey Cup, they do the deed, is this the last year for Stanley Bryant? It, it, it's tough. Um, it's it's tough to say, uh, especially with football players, because a lot of a lot of football players, uh, it's tough. You know, it's tough for them to to let it go, and and rightfully so, uh, because they don't. You know, it's it's a great sport, right? It's a great sport. Um, they don't want to. You know, they don't want to give up the the brotherhood. They don't want to give up that locker room. They don't want to um, stop playing. They love it, right? So. But it it uh, for some of these guys, you know, and, and that's the thing. Some of these guys get forced out. Yeah. Like some, so sometimes it, you know, it, it's not up to them anymore, right? It's kind of like, okay, you know, you're either at a point you're you're not performing anymore. You got injured. Uh, you know, younger guys are coming in that are cheaper. Sometimes it's just not even up to you, and that's when it sucks. That's when it really sucks. That you know you you got forced out, um, you know, and you wanted to keep playing, but you got forced out. Um, and then there's then there's some guys that just walk away from it, like me, who you know who you just made the decision to kind of you know because it, you, everyone knows in the CFL it's not like you're retiring on that money, right? Like, yeah. We're, we're making we're making the same as 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 most other people that are attending the game. Like, you know what I mean? The 80% of the guys on that field are making minimum salary in the CFL, which is, which is basically the median salary in Canada. So, so you're not retiring on that money by any means. Um, you know, some, some of the bigger guys like Mike Riley and, and Caleros, if they're good with their money, they certainly are. But sure. most of the guys are not, right? No, so, no. so at one point, you, you, do have to, you do have to make the decision and be like, hey, like, Okay, I got to do something else. Like I can't retire off this, so I need to, I need to do something else here. So, you know, some guys make the decision that way, um, 
But then Stanley's in this kind of position where he's still at like the peak because he's still winning best yeah. offensive line of the year. At thirty five, he's still 35, the best. Yeah. And he he has the potential to win another Grey Cup. And you know, it's and it's kinda like Okay, do you retire? Like, <laughs> no one's forcing you out because, like, by all means, if Winnipeg doesn't want to pay him anymore, another team is going to pick him up. Like, not a chance another team wouldn't pick him up. Uh, you know, he's from, you know, knock on wood, he's still, you know, still very healthy. Um, and so, you know, like, no one's forcing him out, really. He's not in a position where he isn't performing or he's too old to perform, you know, that, that, cause that does obviously happen too. It's just like, you know, guys kind of just age out where they're just like, Hey, I just, I'm too old for this. I can't do this anymore. Yep. Uh, but he like, he's, yeah, he's certainly older, especially in football years, but he's still performing. So I don't know. <laughs> like, it's like a weird position to be in for him because it's like, he could, especially if he wins the great cup, he could just come to that decision and be like, yeah, like, yeah, I got to do something else. I, you know, it's fun kind of thing, but I don't know necessarily if he if he will. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting, especially if the core and and the bulk of this team ends up coming back next year. How do you not want to be a part of that and and do it all over again? Right, like it's that might be a bit of a pull for a lot of guys too. Well, uh, yeah, that's exactly it, right? It's just. Uh, especially O'Shea, you know, having O'Shea as the coach, you know, a lot of a, a lot of guys don't want to leave O'Shea. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a lot of guys are are not a fan of going to other teams because one, they they might come from another team, um, or they're similar to me in the sense that you know they have friends on other teams. Like you know, I have friends across the league. I played you know college football with half these guys, right? So uh, you know, I have friends from other teams, or you talk to guys that have come from other teams, and it's it, it's just it's not the same, <laughs> you know. It's not the same uh, in other on other teams, and that's the thing. Guys don't want to guys don't want to go to other teams. Guys get how lucky they are to be on this team. You know what I mean? So uh, for a lot of guys, they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to leave. Yeah, you know they, they've they seen it. They, they, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greenest where their feet are, and that's with the bombers. Exactly. That's exactly it, right? Yeah. So, so it's like, so it's like, well, you know, if the if and like some some guys make the decision, they're like, well, if the bombers don't want me, I'm just not going to play. Anymore. Yeah. So, um, you know, I can't imagine the bombers wouldn't want Stanley Bryan anymore. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be pretty crazy. Yeah. But, Even if uh, he only plays like half a season next year, which again, I don't see. I see him coming back for a full season and and being just as good as Stanley Bryan is now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. But it, there's just there's just so like when 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 you discuss guys uh, potentially retiring, there's just so many unknowns because you know you, at the same time like you know there's all there's all these factors in football, but then there's all the personal factors that we don't really know about, yeah. right? Like uh, like his family life, you know, if there's something going on in his family, or if he's got like a business venture on the side, or uh, you know you know is you know when when a lot of these guys are are married and have kids and and. You know their kids are doing stuff, and it's just like you know, football takes away from all of that, right? Absolutely. So you know it. You you can you can speculate all you want. You'd be like, why would he retire? He's the best. You know, he's still performing. You know, he's he's gonna get paid. You know, 
uh, he's going to win another Grey Cup, all, the, all these things. And it's just like, yeah, but sometimes in life there's, there's a, you know, winning a Grey Cup's awesome. Winning best offensive line in the year is awesome. But, you know, it, it, being spending time with your family is even better. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there's yeah. more important things in life than winning the Grey Cup, right? And yep. um, so there's when, when you're talking about guys retiring, uh, there's a whole side that the media oftentimes tends to kind of just ignore because they don't, they don't even understand uh, half the time that, you know, these players are also human beings. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of it's interesting to see. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Stanley. I, I obviously hope he comes back for another year, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be making the decision that's, you know, best for him kind of thing. Yeah, that might be a fun off-season con, uh, conversation where we get you to uh, start offering contracts or something. And, and I, I think you'll pay the guys pretty well if you were the GM of a, of a CFL team. <laughs> yeah, GM John, I would, be over, I would be over the salary cap every single year by a couple million dollars. Yeah, you'd be I guaranteeing mean, contracts left, right, 100%. and center. Yeah, you would, everybody would want to play for you, though, that's for sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Last major CFL award, and it uh, again, it probably should be unanimous. Uh, and this is a pretty cool one, though, because Mike O'Shea of the Blue of the Blue Bombers up against Ryan Dinwiddie of the Argos, and of course, Mike O'Shea is an Argos legend. Ryan Dinwiddie, bit of a Bombers footnote, uh, kind of diff- different combination there, but uh, still pretty cool. But Mike O'Shea, hands down, best coach in the CFL, and I would put him up against. Any coach in the CFL, NCAA Division One, uh, NFL, I would put that guy up as a best coach of football. Period. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no questions about it. The way that guy sees football, the way he coaches the players, uh, it's just he's different. His brain works differently than you know than other people. It's 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 crazy, and the the, the way he's able to communicate with the players, the way he's able to. Uh, you know, have that rapport with the players and every single guy on the team. Uh, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievable to be a part of. Uh, I love, I loved my time playing under him and, and, and learning from him and being coached by him. It, it, he 100% deserves this award. Like there's, there's not, a, there's not even a question to be honest. It's just, there's not a question. Like O'Shea has been the best coach in the CFL for quite a number of years. Um, and you know, it, I always find it interesting because I remember, you know, my first year in the CFO, I think was O'Shea's third year with the Blue Bombers. And, you know, it's, it's always funny because, you know, fan, fans make me laugh sometimes. You know, <laughs> there are all these, all these fans calling for him to be fired. Yeah, I remember that. All the and and even the next year too, all these oh, fans yeah. are calling for him to be fired. You know, I think we started off the season with like two losses, and immediately people were calling him to be fired. And I'm like, you guys just don't even know. <laughs> like, you just <laughs> don't even know at all what's going on. You know what I mean? You like, you just like not even uh, like not even a hot clue. No, not even a cold not, clue. Like nothing. Yeah, well, Exactly, like because if you knew, if you knew what was going on, you would know that this guy and what he's building is the best, is the best in the CFL. Yeah, and and, and look at it, and and not only that, even you know, even my my first three, my first two years, we went uh, we went ten and eight. Uh, the next year, I think we went ten and eight again. I'm, I'm bugging in front of me, uh, but it was the first, it was the first time 
uh, in Winnipeg Blue Bombers history that we had gone ten and eight three years in a row. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I'm like, and you guys are calling for this guy to be fired? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I get it. Great cups are everything. You want to win the championship, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm like, you're acting like we have a terrible football team. Like, you're <laughs> acting like we're going two and sixteen or something like that. We're still a good football team. Like, like we, you know, my first year we went to the first round of the playoffs. Uh, second year we went to the to the, to the Western Finals. And the third year, we, we won a great cup. And I'm just like, what are you guys complaining about? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm confused as to why you're calling for people to be fired when every year we're getting incrementally better, but also we're going to the playoffs. Yeah, so, you're giving you know, yourselves what, a chance. Exactly. Like, like what's going on? You know, what, like, what's, what's the situation here? Yeah, where, well, fans are fickle. You know that. Oh, I, I know. It just, it just makes me laugh. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of like... You guys are really you're really calling for him to be fired uh, over being a good football coach. Like I'm like yeah. interesting concept, but uh, okay, <laughs> that's well, one direction to go. Well, you'd be yeah. a lot more mad if he goes somewhere else, like to Toronto, and coaches them to a couple of great cups. Oh, like, exactly right. Yeah, it's, so it's 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 just funny. It's just funny to see. But yeah, you, you know, it's you know O'Shea's been you know, the best coach in the in the league for the past, you know, four years, five years. Like, it's just, he, you know, just because he didn't have the record, uh, it doesn't mean he, it doesn't mean he wasn't the best coach. He's been the best coach. So Absolutely. They're, so, they're, my, so my question but, is, does the coach with the best record, should they automatically win coach of the year, or is there more to it than that in your mind as a guy that's been there? Like, the, the, be, the best coach doesn't necessarily have the best record. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing, right? That's kind of the thing with... Uh, coaching is it, 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 it's in the name, you know, it's in the name. It's, it, you're the best coach. You're you're coaching your players, right? And if you're, you know, just because you might have the best talent, you might have, you know, the best team per se, but a lot of that, you know, might fall on to, you know, the GMs and the scouts picking picking, you know, like the team and things like that. To me, the best coach is the coach that takes a team, takes what he's given, and he makes the best out of it. And he coaches those guys to to do their best, yeah. to do their one hundred percent. And obviously, that's very objective, right? That you know, it makes it a lot harder to pick to pick a coach based off that. But for me, you know, anyone can take. You know, you put you put uh, you put all the all stars on one team. And anyone can go coach those guys and, and win a great cup. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, yeah, you you still got to bring them together and and make a game plan, et cetera. But you know, that's that's easy. You know, that's easy. Coach of the year to me is a guy that takes a team, and by all means, you know, my first three years uh, or my first two years with the Blue Bars, you know, we didn't have the best talent. You know, Saskatchewan had way better talent than us, but we were beating them. Yep. You know, so coach of the year to me is is a is a coach that can take their guys, take what he's given, and bring the best out of them, and you know maximize their potential. And you know that that's that's really what I see O'Shea do all the time. Um, you know what I mean? So that's that you lo- you love to you love to see him finally get the recognition here. Um, but that's you know for me that's what I mean by before like j- just because we didn't have the record to show. You know, I still think he was the best coach in the CFL. 
Absolutely. That wraps up the uh, the awards. I guess we'll see how the Bombers do uh, coming up when they do announce uh, the, the award winners for the CFL. A couple of loose ends to tie up here before we get into your picks uh, for, for this weekend's games. No Bombers to pick, so it's going to be really interesting to see where you go. But a few things I do want to bring up, including I'm going to put make you put your GM hat on. Uh, first big bit of news, though, Chris Strebler released from the Arizona Cardinals. Not sure at this point if he's caught on anywhere else. John Rush, could you put money down on a reunion in Winnipeg, or is that just fans' fantasy at this point? Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> you put like a half bet down or what? Yeah, like, well, Chris Trevor's not going to come play in the CFL. Like, I think we should probably put that one to rest. Um, if he did, it would be next year, if anything. The, the NFL season's still going on. He's going to try and get back in with an NFL team um, somewhere. He's going to you know, look for an opportunity uh, because at the end of the day, there's a lot more money. <laughs> like, yes. just like, Even being on the practice squad is a lot more money. Yes, exactly. Yep. You know, like, so there's, and it's in American dollars, it's in his home country. Uh, he, there's, you know, you, you, it just, it would be a lot for him to kind of come back uh, to here for, for not a lot of reason. That being said, um, I wouldn't put it past him to come back and celebrate or be one or be at the Grey Cup or come back and celebrate the Grey Cup uh, here. Uh, that that's what I mean. So there might be like a reunion in, in that sense, mm-hmm. but I, I I would highly doubt that he's going to come back and play in the CFL this year. Like that would be uh, pretty. Bo- and actually, I don't even know if it, I don't know if he even can anymore because I I thought there was a rule that you had to be on the roster pre playoffs. Something like like he'd have to be added today. Exactly, and I ju- yeah, I think he's uh, he's going to be thought of, but no, I don't see it happening. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like yeah, I'm sure I'm sure the Blue Bombers reached out to him. I'm like I'm sure, but I'm sure you know he's looking for another opportunity. He's going to wait to see if another quarterback you know gets hurt in, in the NFL. Yeah, uh, because if he if he comes back to the if he comes back to the CFL, that's it. He's not going back to the NFL anymore. Right, right, and I think he understands that. So. Uh, it would be uh, almost foolish. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, because, and I say that because I believe he can play in the NFL. Absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah. That, that's, you know, like, that's what I mean. I want what's best for him. So I think coming back to the CFL isn't what's best for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would love to see it. I, I loved playing with Shreveler. He's a really fun quarterback to play with and watch. Um, but I want what's best for him, and, and I think staying down in the in the states and, and trying to get in with another NFL team is is actually what's best for him. If this was two or three weeks ago, I think the odds of him coming back to Winnipeg would be higher. But I just don't see it fitting in the time window that oh, yeah. uh, that can get him into Winnipeg. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. like two or three weeks ago, he he can, he can kind of gauge the NFL interest a little bit better. Yeah. He can, you know, he can see, you know, if if there's actually a shot, if he's going to get in with another team this year or not. Uh, but with this tight of a window, it's just there's, yeah, there's there's too much going on that there's not a chance. Kenny Lawler leads the CFL in receptions, over a thousand yards. I know he is a big favorite of yours. Uh, what uh, what can you say about Kenny Lawler and hitting that achievement this year? 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's great to see. Uh, we talked about it before, and, uh, you know, he had a bit of a, a tumultuous year again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see that, you know, he, how he responded to adversity. And uh, <clears throat> it, it was, you know, everyone was kind of questioning it and, and going to see how he did and how he came back. And, uh, you know, I, I think he really he did what was necessary he got the help he needed and then and then you know continued doing his thing which was awesome and you know i'm i'm you know i was super happy to see that and, and super happy to continue seeing it do his thing because he is a very talented football player absolutely and uh one more little piece of business to wrap up before we get you in your gm hat uh ring of honor it's announced that bob irving will be going up in the ring of honor i know we talked about it when he announced his retirement but i think a very fitting tribute for uh the voice of the winnipeg blue bombers and really uh such a strong advocate for cfl football uh just a really cool thing the bombers are doing putting his name up there yeah awesome and you know i, I watched i watched the video uh, they put up of you know Bob's highlights and this guy is just such a legend. Yeah, it's like, it's it, it's hard to even fathom for me because he's been doing this for so long that it's like for me it's just like man how like <laughs> how like how do you have this like how have you been doing this for this long like it blows my mind and watching those like you can't even really understand it until you watch those highlights and the highlights are in black and white, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, you're like, what is going on? Like, this is, this is crazy, Bob. Like, <laughs> uh, the guy is an absolute legend and, uh, you know, it was absolutely instrumental, uh, in building and keeping the Winnipeg fan base alive, especially through those 29 very long years. Uh, a lot of people would tune in to listen to Bob, right? Yeah. And so, so he absolutely 1 million percent deserves that ring of honor. Like, he is so instrumental to this football organization, not just the team, but the organization. It, it 100 percent is, you know, deserves to be on that ring of honor. Absolutely. Very cool honor. Uh, last thing here, we'll get you to put your GM hat on before we get your picks and we do a quick round of retweet or delete. Uh, you have one player you can pick from here because we'll assume Andrew Harris comes back next year to be the running back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So you can pick. Who are you having as the backup? Brady Oliveira or Johnny Augustine? <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough question. Uh, you know, they're both, they're both very good. I, again, like I said, I think I'm biased. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think everyone's biased. I, you know, I, I, when people say they're unbiased, I, I call you know, you know, I call you a liar because everyone's biased. Everyone's got a bias, right? Uh, so I, I got to go with my boy Johnny because I'm biased, I, and I'll admit it. I'll admit it. But but at the same time, like you know, uh, I feel like it's almost you know half a dozen to one. Uh, six of one and half a dozen of the other, right? So this, you're kind of you're kind of picking the same thing at that yeah. point because it's they're they're both yeah, amazing athletes. You know what I mean? So fans uh, have both... to understand we're only going to get one because the the Johnny Augustine's not a third string quarter. Uh, sorry, running back in the CFL, he's just not. No, well, hundred percent, he's just not right. So, uh, so what? Well, it, 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 it'll be an interesting off season because it all it all all really depend on uh, Andrew. Right, yep. it all really depends on what's going on with Andrew if he's coming back, or um, because then because because here's the thing, 
uh, with the ratio that not a lot of other people understand is not a lot of other teams carry a Canadian running back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Even even in Calgary with uh, Ante Litre, uh, he's kind of like a quote-unquote Canadian running back that they use. Like, the, he, like they'll like if there's like an injury, they're like, okay, well, we'll throw this guy in at running back for the game. Yeah, but he's not like their starting running back. You know what I mean? So there's not like a, a lot of other teams that do carry a starting Canadian running back. Tiger Cats being one of them, um, but they also have they they already do have amazing Canadian talent and running backs on that team. Um, but you you kind of look around, you're you're kind of like Toronto doesn't. Montreal doesn't. Um, I'm trying to. Edmonton doesn't. Calgary. Yeah. Edmonton's got, Edmonton's got a whole whack of problems other than not having a Canadian well, running back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Edmonton's a whole other can of worms. But yeah. but you know like, they have James, like Wilder Jr. Yeah. Uh, BC. I'm trying to even think of who BC's running back is, but um, gonna say he's not Canadian. If I so you know what I mean? It's like it's like okay. So where where can you really go? Yeah, you know what I mean. So there's only really here in Hamilton, and if the Hamilton guys are young, Canadian, very talented, um, it puts you in a really tough position, right? Absolutely. Uh, so again, can't go wrong. Either one's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the summer. I think a lot of guys are going to be, you know, sticking around, but some guys will uh, get opportunities elsewhere, and you can never uh, flag a guy for going and trying to get an opportunity to start somewhere else in the CFL. Exactly. No, you, you you gotta you gotta you gotta respect that decision, right? You gotta let them do their thing, and and you know, and by all means, you know, especially Johnny, like being third string, it's like, yeah, no, he deserves a shot. Absolutely, one hundred percent deserves a shot. All right, let's get into our playoff preview here, John. I know you haven't uh, you know watched them all year, but you've been studying up a little bit uh, more so on the West teams than the East. But uh, we did get to see Montreal versus Winnipeg the last couple of weeks, and uh, they are visiting Hamilton. And if Montreal thinks that they are going to walk through Hamilton. I know, I'm not sure if you saw their comments there the other day, but uh, they're not putting a lot of respect on the Hamilton Tiger Cats name. Uh, what do you think about this game, and who comes out on top? Yeah, like when I see comments like that, I'm kind of just like, you're 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 like you're kind of a weirdo. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like what, what are you trying to do here? Like, like, you can talk all you want, but like, you just it's like I don't know. Like, I don't like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it's like it's like confidence and show. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, if you played <laughs> football, like. Everyone else in football, like no one's afraid of you for saying that. Like, I I just look at like, you like you're kind of an idiot. Actually, I'm just like, yeah, you're you're a grown man that goes into the media and says stupid things. Like you're you're not very smart. Like <laughs> you know, like I'm not afraid of you by any means. Like so, like this, like you know, like this. It's not like an intimidation tactic. I kind of just look at you like you're a weirdo, and 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 so do it. So does everyone else. You know, like. And like so, some some fans eat it up. I get it, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, no, that's. Uh, I, I, I'm not like a huge fan of when guys go into the media and think, say things like that. Like, if you're gonna say something about another team, like generally speaking, you shouldn't be talking about it. It's there's just so much um, If you, you know, talk intelligently about them, you know, talk about what they're kind of, you know, what they're doing. 
that you, that you can kind of see and you're just dissecting. Don't just be like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to kill him. This is, you know, this isn't, this isn't even going to be an issue. Like, yeah. like, you know, like that's, you know, you just, I don't know. Like, I'm not like a huge fan of when people do that. But uh, that being said, I think that's like the thing too, uh, is I think it's a little bit of projection because I can't see the Montreal, like I can't see Montreal doing very well. Hamilton. Like I think Hamilton is the better team. Like, so I think, I think he's kind of, like, those guys are just projecting their insecurities. It's like, I'm like, I, like, are you trying to convince us or yourself? Because I don't like, there haven't been too many games this year where team, like teams have gone in and just all over teams, you know, save for a couple of the blue bombers games. Like that's not really how it's been working this year. A lot of games have been really tight. So I'm like thinking you have Trevor Harris as your quarterback. Who's only been playing with you for three weeks. And you don't, your O line's spotty at best. You know Trevor's running everywhere. Uh, you stand back by all means is an amazing running back, but he has been lo- looking pretty banged up lately. Yep. So I'm like, so I'm kind of like, okay, like you guys really seem like you're one injury away from folding as a team. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm confused as to why you believe this, but uh, regardless. Uh, I, I, I strongly believe that the, the, the Tiger Cats will win. Like, I'm, like, I'm pretty confident in that prediction. You're taking Hamilton over Montreal, and uh, Patrick Levels was the player with the con uh, with with the with the comments that he made there. It was quote, "We will win in Hamilton. Put it as big as you need to. Put it, uh, black it out. We coming. The Montreal Alouettes. See you soon. I can't wait. The mood hasn't changed. I don't care about the regular season anymore." Don't ask me about how we did. It's over. It's a new season. Everybody's O and O. Get ready for a show. Now we're the Road Warriors. We're going to everybody's house and taking over their house. Ain't no other way about it. End quote. That uh, screams to me either TSN's top ten guarantees where he's on a list, maybe at number ten with like the likes of Mark Messier, who guaranteed that win over the New Jersey Devils when he was playing with the Rangers. Or it's going to be like number four or five on the list if they get absolutely embarrassed on guarantees that went wrong. He has teed himself up for a top ten list somewhere, I think, John. Well, it's exactly it, right? And, and that's like, that, you know, you're either going to be extremely right or extremely wrong, and, but the, the chances of you being extremely wrong are extremely high. <laughs> yeah, so. especially at linebacker. I mean, linebackers yeah. can't control part of the game, but it's not like he's the quarterback. It's not yeah. like he's a running back. He doesn't exactly. have the ball in his hands to dictate the, the, the pace of a game or really uh, a linebacker can impact a game, but I don't know if they can dictate a game. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah that's kind of exactly it. So, you know, you're, we're sitting here, and, and that's exactly what I mean, too. You know, you're just like, bro, what do you, what do you say? Like, what, what do you, why are you doing this? Like, you just look, you look kind of foolish right now, right? So, uh, it, it, I mean, to each their own. That's the beauty of the, the world. Like, you know, free speech, you can say whatever you want. It's just not my cup of tea. Nope. And maybe, uh, you know, sometimes you shouldn't have a camera pointed at you when you're saying those things. Uh, Calgary, Saskatchewan. This one is a little bit more interesting for me, John. I don't know what you think. What do you like? Stamps at Rough Riders. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I, uh, you got the dad I, stretch there going on. It sounds like are you trying to get up out of your chair or what? No, I, I, I'm trying to like not, not like say something too mean here. But I was like kind of right about. 
uh, like Bolivai not being great. Um, like last game, he he, I don't know. Like I don't know. Like I just not like I'm just not a huge Bolivai fan. I, I get there's a lot of Bolivai fans out there. I just not a huge fan. Um, and he just has not impressed me this year. And uh, a lot, I was I was listening to the broadcast last game, and they were talking about how he still has a bit of a shoulder injury. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like oh, okay, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a that's the excuse. Yeah, 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 and exactly. I'm like, oh, like I don't know. We're like week 18 and in, into the season, or you know, like whatever. Like if he really had a shoulder injury, still, so like I don't know. Like sure, whatever. Uh, and the thing about Saskatchewan is you just never know who you're going to get yeah. with them, right? I don't so, think even they know who they're going to put out on the well, field any given week. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, as, as an organization as a whole, they're just so like, chaotic. <laughs> they're just very chaotic. Where, like, you know, so I've played against that, and, and uh, by all means, like, you know, in, in 2017 and 2018, uh, when they had Chris Jones, they were very, very talented. Um, they were, they were uh, but they didn't win because they were, they were, they, they were just so all over the place. And even now that Chris Jones isn't there, like the organization as a whole is still very all over the place. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of bled into that. They, they just continue to be like this good football team that doesn't really put it together. And they keep just like, like making mistakes and, and, you know, not doing what's necessary. So it, it's tough. It's tough to predict Saskatchewan. I think Saskatchewan's the better team. I think Saskatchewan, by looking at the team, yes, Saskatchewan should win this game against Calgary. Would I like to see Calgary win because I think they're the worst team and it would be easier for the the, uh, Blue Bombers? 100%. That being said, I think Calgary or uh, Saskatchewan should easily win this game. But who knows what they're going to put on the field? It's impossible to know what that team. But you're but you're going to so we're going to nail you down on a pick here. Oh, Saskatchewan. You're taking Saskatchewan. I'm I'm taking Sask. All right. So that's going to be a very interesting West final, especially here in Winnipeg. It's going to be unreal. So we'll see how you do. You've been pretty good with your picks all year. Uh, So that wraps up the football portion of our conversation. Let's get into your Twitter because, again, you just love starting fires on Twitter. And there was a few forest fires you lit up there today, or I should say in the last couple uh, days. Uh, Retweet or delete. One of my new favorite segments. I love doing this. Uh, John Rush at John Rush thirty two says, "I just bought ten liters of vegan eggnog. What's the first thing I should do with it?" Uh, you had a lot of people say, "Dump it down the sink." What did you end up doing with your ten liters of eggnog? Uh, I added some to my coffee, and I'm also making uh, vegan French toast, vegan eggnog French toast this weekend with it. So I am pretty excited about that. I'm not going to lie because that is a fan favorite of mine. I'm the fan. So that is a hard retweet then. Yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Love vegan eggnog. Yeah, no, it's a hard retweet. That is great. Um, a, a few more great latte art uh, designs that you've done. You're you're getting, well, you're getting better than what you did, I suppose. I mean, I, I'm looking at like half a butterfly, I think. <laughs> Something's happening. Something's that you're doing some stuff in your latte, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I thought today was pretty good with it. I thought I was pretty close to a heart. Not going to lie, I might I might have to go back and delete some of those earlier <laughs> latte arts. They were a bit, a bit provocative. But now they're getting, like, 
And here's the thing. I don't mean to. I'm just trying. I'm simply trying to draw a heart into it. That's all I'm trying to do. So, um, like, you know, when yesterday when I posted, like, an alien slug came out, I'm like, yep. I was tr- I was going for a heart, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm giving it yeah, my best. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm like, oh my god. So, um, so like, it's 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 a struggle. It's a struggle. I I wouldn't re- I wouldn't delete the new ones, but I might go back and delete the old ones. <laughs> Maybe that's for the best. At John Rush thirty two retweet or delete. I'm not sure how to tell some of you sports fans this, but. Just because they're good at sports doesn't make them good people. Retweet or delete? I would I would retweet that. I uh, I I see a lot of fans, uh, especially you know, it's been frustrating to see uh, with all this NHL stuff that's happening. Um, how many fans are just blindly supporting people um, just because they're good at hockey? You, you know what I mean, and, and it's, just, it's not just hockey. No, it's uh, you all know, sport. You, you see it all the time. Yep. I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever watched that Netflix documentary about um, uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, I did. That's fa- it, that was a fascinating one. It, it was a fascinating one, but I, I don't know if you ever remember the scenes of the early on trials of all the fans yeah. that went to the trial and were like protesting and holding out signs about free Hernandez. Yep. And blah blah blah, because he like, caught a football that he couldn't be guilty of this horrendous thing because he was good at sport. And it's exactly. it's sport, it's entertainment. I mean, exactly. how many how many actors and, and actresses have gotten in trouble? But oh no, they're so good as these fake characters in the movies. How could they ever do such evil things? Yeah, some people just kind of suspend reality to the point where they're dangerous themselves. Well, that's that's exactly it, right? So you know, like I, I, I stand by that point, you know, yeah. and, and I've spent, you know, I've spent my entire life around athletes. I know some of these guys aren't good guys. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about anyone specific in that tweet. Yeah. But I think some people do need to, you know, need a reality check where, like, yeah, just because they're good at, you know, hockey or football or basketball, and you know, they do one photo op, uh, you know, with with some kid. And make his. It doesn't mean they're actually good people. You yeah. know what I mean. And, and I think some some fans need that reality check, where it's just like you can't just blindly support these guys. It's it's not only it's not only harmful, you know, for like the public, but it's it's harmful for everyone else, right? It's it's harmful for so many different reasons. Like supporting these guys that do bad things, it especially with how with how much access the entire world has you know 50 years ago there there wasn't you know access people from toronto didn't really know what was going on in winnipeg nope. but now they do yep. and it's not it's not helping grow the game you know you're not helping anybody grow the game when something when you support these guys that do bad things you know so it's it's you're like okay you know you, some of these fans just kind of need that reality check Absolutely. Uh, on to a bit of a lighter tweet of yours, just to uh, to gauge the response you got at John Rush thirty two. Retweet or delete. How do we feel about Oreo cheesecake? What was the response you got from uh, from your people and Oreo cheesecake? Uh, it was overwhelmingly uh, positive. And wow. Fun fact: o- o- Oreos are vegan. Um, not sure if you knew that. Didn't know that. Nope. 
they are they are in fact vegan, which uh, is kind of scary. <laughs> you're like, wait, so what's going on? What's, uh, what's going on in there? But uh, but they are, and uh, and they, it was overwhelmingly positive. There was a couple people that said they didn't want it, but uh, so the reason I ask is because uh, I. Uh, growing up, that was my birthday cake. My mom would make a chocolate Oreo cheesecake, and cheesecake's my favorite. And uh, so I, I'm like, I haven't had it in probably five years, just because I, you know, I just I haven't been kind of around for my birthdays and, and, and things like that. And I just never got around to making it a vegan version. Um, but I'm like, I kind of want that. I kind of want to try and make that. So I was just like. I was trying to gauge the interest to see if other people were interested if I made that recipe. And a lot of people were super pumped about it. Uh, I think I only got like five people that said no. That, and it, and I, I think it had more to do with the cheesecake part. I thought I think a lot of people didn't like the I, – I, I don't know about you. I love cheesecake. I'm a well, I am cheesecake a cheesecake guy. guy too, and I'm an Oreo cheesecake guy. So Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Um, but yeah, overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm very, I'm going to make, I'm making two this weekend. Actually, I had, a um, one of my, one of my friends, Jay baited me into making, uh, a, a cheesecake for someone's birthday. So, uh, I'm, I'm making, uh, making two this weekend. It's going to be fun. There you go. Uh, last two, because I wonder if this one got, uh, a, a bit of a different response at John rush 32 says oatmeal raisin cookies are elite cookies. I said what I said. There is a big disagreement point there, pal. As uh, I'm sure a few people reached out to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Are you retweeting that one or deleting it? I'm retweeting it. Yeah, I just, love oatmeal raisin cookies. And you love starting fires and arguments with folks. You just like to, you know, you don't necessarily take the poops, but you like to disturb them. That's what uh, you are. Hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. But here's the thing. Um. If you make an oatmeal raisin cookie, it's a breakfast food. Oatmeal and raisins together, that's breakfast. So you can have like 10 for breakfast and not feel bad. See, I'm, I'm picturing you saying this in like a white lab coat and, and like the dogs are around you in the, the scientist goggles and you've got like a Bunsen burner. And like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I'm not a science. doctor, but I play one on TV and this is healthy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's science. It's that's science. all that is. So, so, um, <laughs> So it's it, it's healthy, right? It don't it, ignore the amount of sugar that goes into it. Right. Uh, it's it's healthy because it has oatmeal and raisins. Um, uh, no, yeah, I I I've always been a huge fan of uh, oatmeal raisin cookies, and I'll even take it one step further. Uh, raisins belong in butter tarts, and I absolutely stand by that. That is an outrageous take on a on on this platform that we have we've built over the last 18 weeks that might be the most ridiculous take you have had raisins do not belong in butter tarts they absolutely do otherwise you're biting into goo it's disgusting Uh, okay i'm not a fan of butter tarts anyway like i i went fishing with with uh, one of my uncle's friends once and he threw a butter tart at a hawk and the hawk didn't even eat it so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah butter tarts are the worst but raisins do not belong in anything let alone some kind of dessert uh, last one, I'm going to throw it out because uh, I know that you had a bit of a tough week. You got a bout of food poisoning, so uh, I'll throw this one out. Uh, did you miss Twitter more, or did Twitter miss you more? Um, 
I think a little bit of both. <laughs> I, I can't really tell. I got a lot of people reaching out asking me if I was okay and, and making sure I was good. So, like, I was, like, super, like, uh, like it was, like, super great to see. And, it, you know, I felt very, like, it was very nice. Um, it was great. Uh, but I definitely, like, I couldn't even look at my phone. Like, I was, like, I was, like, dying on my bathroom floor. Like, it was, I was in a bad situation. So, uh, it was, like, upsetting for me that I couldn't even, like, really, I, like, I tweeted, like, twice, and then I, like, and then I, like, passed out. I literally fell asleep on my bathroom floor. So, like, it was, uh, it was just, like, a rough situation to be in. And the worst part, I was, I was talking to my manager about it. I'm like, you know, if you go out drinking on, like, a Saturday night and you wake up feeling, like, you know, not great on Sunday morning, you're like, yeah, but at least I had fun last night. I'm like, I literally ate spinach to try and be healthy, and now I'm dying. I, like, it was too negative. <laughs> like, I didn't even go out on Saturday. I ate spinach, and then I died. Like, <laughs> come on. I love that. That'll teach you for trying to be healthy. Well, exactly, right? Like, butter tarts never made me do this. <laughs> no, raisins might, but not butter tarts. Uh, and why is why is the bathroom floor so comfortable when you don't feel well? It, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's like, because it's not. It's like, not. It is it's uncomfortable. Fine. It's tile. It's it is. hard. But it's cold. You know I mean? Oh, it's so cold. And you just, when you're sick to your stomach, it's, it's just, just such a best. good place. Yeah. Yeah, John, uh, that will wrap it up there, pal. Uh, we're looking forward to what you'd get up to on uh, your social medias at John Rush Five on Instagram at John Rush Thirty Two on Twitter. Uh, we got a big playoff matchup this weekend. We're going to break down the Western Final. Finally, we're going to have important Bomber football to talk about, John. I cannot Boy. wait for this. Finally, the Country One Hundred Seven Morning Show with Dave Anthony, weekday mornings only on Country One Hundred Seven.